I'm Renee Ritchie, and I'm a tech analyst. I'm Georgia Dowd, I'm a psychotherapist. And welcome to Apple Talk, where technology and psychology smash together like bullet time in the matrix, and you got parts of Keanu here, and Carrie and there, and Agent Smiths everywhere. That sounds, that's probably more exciting than the show really is. Well, I, I like that. I was watching that uh, Unreal 5 demo, which I made you sit through. That was great. Could you tell which was real Keanu and which was simulated Keanu? Uh, with a little bit of movement, the mouth, and a little bit of the pupils, the eyes, that's a little bit off. What about Carrie Ann? She looked pretty good. Yeah, but I was it her say. or was it Unreal Carrie Ann? Uh, it was a little bit of both. Yeah, it was interesting. It was well done, though. As much as I think Tim Epic is a fiendish demon in search of re-enslaving the world's app economy and making the metaverse from a creator economy into yet another gatekeeper, uh, he makes good pixels. He, he did a good job. Well, they hired, I think, every good renderer in the planet to go work for them. Got almost a monopoly on gaming engines. But it was really good. And I'm in, are you interested in the new Matrix? I think it's going to be a train wreck. Like, like actually, in the like, there'll be a train wreck where bullet time and everything. Yes, that, and uh, it will be like watching one at but the same time. But you're usually the optimist among us. You usually have the most tolerance for movies. You have very low standards. And I like every movie that comes out, and yes. I want to watch it many, many times. Yes, these are all lies. <laughs> just you sit that on the throne so of lies and true. you stink of meat and yeah. cheese. Yes. All right, so we'll see. We'll see I if just we just agreed to stinking like meat and cheese. That's never a good thing. Well, I mean, it's the holidays, elf. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. But hence, hence my over-the-top hairdo, which I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna have fun with it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, trash me in the comments. Why would they trash uh, have in the fun. comments? Smiling have is our fun. favorite, and we have festive affogatos. I don't know if people know what affogados is because we don't have them in Montreal. Like, we, we, there's no place that actually serves them, a regular part of a menu. Is, are they even real? Yeah, Does I get them in California all the time. Well, back before the world started ending, in the early times, I used to get them in California all the time. And it's basically just like a, a scoop of good quality vanilla ice cream with uh, and a couple shots of espresso poured over it. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, so you get the cold of the ice cream with the hot of the espresso, the sweetness of the ice cream with the bitterness. Well, not, it's not really bitter, but it's like it's got that coffee. Punch sort of, Yeah, like punch you in the morning wake up face. Right. Like you get both those things together. So it's a, it's a, it's a very song of fire and ice dance thing. Right. Yes. Game yes. of Thrones. Yes, I'm a, a fan. Game of Thrones in a cup. Very nice. So we actually have things to talk about today. We do. Yeah, we're not just vamping uh, for the sake of runtime. Right. So do you want to do the, the, the holiday stuff first or the social media stuff first? Let's do social media and end with holiday. All right. So I just got to double check uh, his name. It's, I know it's Boz, but I forget. Andrew Bosworth. Is that the guy uh, from Charlie's Angels? No. that Well, maybe because it depends if it was the a-hole version nobody liked hmm. or the traditional version everybody liked. Hmm. Boz. Um, I don't know. Anyways, so he was on uh, Axios, which is on HBO. Uh, I believe he was on with Ina Freed, um, who's... Amazing. And there's been this back and forth over Facebook and their institutional belief that they bear no culpability or responsibility for the platform that they have created. You see, but that's why I found this so refreshing is that he took a lot of responsibility and I found him to be really um, socially conscious about what he felt um, on Facebook. You're just can't stop lying today. <laughs> like it's just a, it's just like one way. I figure I figure if I'm not already on the naughty here's list the of Santa Claus, I figure I might as no, well go all for naughty. it it's now. No, it's all naughty. It's just Georgia Dow all the way down. Um, but here's the thing: it's like traditionally they're better at hiding it. Like 
Mark Zuckerberg will wrap Are himself they? in First Amendment claims, or he'll talk, like it's just it's a violation of of the of the Uncle Ben principle of with great power comes great responsibility. They want all the power, but they want no responsibility. Yes. And he just because said responsibility costs them money. He literally said that Facebook is not to blame for the proliferation of. Uh, COVID denial and anti-vax and all of these other conspiracy theories. He pretty theories. much said that no matter what someone wants to say, they should have their platform and use Facebook to say it. Yes. But regardless of the consequences. Yes. Now, I, I, I don't think the world would be a better place without Facebook. That was one of the charges, too. I think Facebook is just a tool, and tools can be used for good or for bad. Would, um, face, would the world be a better place without Facebook? Just one moment. Let me okay. think. It wouldn't be a worse place. So I would argue the technology itself is not the issue. It's the right. lack of responsibility and governance of Facebook but that's the issue. as Facebook is now, does it cause more? What good has Facebook done? It's just what I'm asking compared to how it many deaths. It lets people in possibly. England invite me to barbecues that there's no chance that I could actually attend. Right. And it lets me see people in high school who I have no affinity or a relationship with um, what you know? What's the, the best part of what's going on in their life? So I can feel inferior if by Facebook comparison. If Facebook is shouting fire in yes. a crowded building where people get trampled and die, it's not their fault. They're not to blame. Okay. They're not to blame. Um, but it would more be like someone's shouting fire and using the megaphone that is Facebook to to get reach everyone. The thing is, like, so first we have to recognize that America is unique amongst countries in that they have a First Amendment, which says that the government shall not make any laws that abridge the freedom of expression, where in most other countries, the government believes it's their responsibility to make laws that abridge the freedom of expression. Like in many other countries, you have uh, hate speech rules. Yes. Um, you, you, and there, in almost every country, including America, you have slander and libel laws because you can't really just say anything. Well, you can. You're allowed to say it, but there are consequences for you saying it. Yes, so inciting violence is yes. usually that, that litmus of you're not allowed to incite people to have them kill others. Um, but this is misinformation possibly yes. of, of um, scientific data. Um, yes. And so even that kind of falls beneath that as a legal standpoint. Yeah, and there, there is some responsibility for, like, for using your powers for good. Like famously, Tim Cook has said that Apple will never make a technology that can be used to kill or hurt people. And other companies are like, we'll make AI for your drones. We'll make, like companies that'll that may not be named, but may have been involved with Facebook and other their partnerships have happily created technologies that that could be used for or, or weaponized by law enforcement and, right. and the military. So there's you you have a choice about how your technology gets used. Yes. Yes. They, now he also said that by curbing the freedom of speech. On, on Facebook, you will be we will be destroying democracy, which kind of feels like the opposite of how Facebook has been weaponized by anti-democracy, pro-authoritarian forces worldwide for the last decade. Well, it seems that Facebook says whatever benefits Facebook, yes. right? So if they go to a place where they want to make money and it's non-democratic, they're fine to do business there. It's not but, like they're standing on the laurels of democracy. So they did a little genocide. I mean, who, what really? Is, it's not the fault of Facebook, right? Right. Like, what a take, what a take, what a miserable, like, I was vomiting in my brainstem when I was watching this. Like, I didn't think it'd be possible for me to have less expect, respect for the executives at Facebook than after I heard this, this whole, like, uh, who us, you know, what us worry sort right. of, of responsibility dodge. Right. 
Yeah, it, it's it's a difficult thing though, right? Because it's a it's it's the plot, it's the megaphone. It is not what is being said on it. They just use this as the megaphone. And I think that it is a very important debate of one, how do you police it? Two, who are the people that are going to police this? And three, what will be the rules and consequences? Because let's just say it, no company is gonna care if there are no consequences for that. If there yeah. are no if there's just a stop sign that says please stop and there will be no fine if I don't if I stop or don't stop. I'm rolling through every single stop sign. Not saying I do that already. Um, I'm rolling through every single stop sign. And if it only catches me one in every 50th stop sign that I would theoretically roll through, um, then am I gonna even listen because the consequences are so rarely applied? Yeah, well to me it feels like what Facebook is doing is, like yes, we all have, ultimately we all have personal responsibility. I'm a big believer in personal responsibility, but Facebook is selling they're giving drugs to addicts. They're giving accelerator to arsonists. They're giving um, they're giving mini guns to to, uh, to to snipers. You know, I mean, like they're they're taking whatever is bad in people, and without any sort of discrimination, they are allowing them to do the maximum amount of damage possible with that malignancy, which is not the job of any platform, really. I I think that um, what. I've been finding myself getting really annoyed with is large companies that do all kinds of damage and then try to shuck the responsibility onto individuals, right? Mm. Like the same thing with recycling companies that are like, you should try to recycle, where they don't care what kind of plastics that they use to package all of it. Like large companies saying that, you know what, you should walk instead of take your car, whereas when the world shut down, we noticed that it was 15 companies that are producing about 60 to 80 percent of the world pollutants because it was only like a 7 to 20 percent difference when the world shut yeah. down when none of us were using our cars there was a very little difference in the amount of um, co2 production and gases and like i'm just so sick of companies saying that it's our fault yes when truly it's their fault and when they, they convince want us, us to it's feel, our fault well we're so i we're so gullible they they have this money to be able to put a lot of marketing out there and it's all this smokescreen so that they don't have to lose more money and they are just gathering a mass of money where we're trying to fight for minimum wage. It seems ridiculous to me. I'm sorry, yes. I'm going on a huge tangent no. rant, but it, I find it really frustrating. So him going off and saying, you know what, it's, it's the individual's responsibility. I think that we should do it. You might believe that, but because it is so damn self-serving to him, it still offends me. Yeah. Well, it's like for a while now, like at first I was jokingly, semi-jokingly calling them big social tobacco. And that's become sort of like an en vogue statement. Like people, uh, when they were subpoenaed, I think it was Instagram recently, uh, before Congress, that term was used as well. But they're acting like big tobacco. And, you know, historically we've put great limitations on how big tobacco is allowed to advertise, communicate, market, do all those things, including up to the point where New um, Zealand. Yeah, no, but even even in the US, which I'm using as an example just because they traditionally have the most freedom of expression possible for, for many countries, uh, you know, they well, I mean they did outlaw alcohol for a while and they, they have outlawed did you not know, work, drugs. But yes. Yeah, I mean like with varying degrees of success, but there are there are absolute points where we determined that something is detrimental the, to society, to civilization, and we put a curb on it. And who is to say, certainly not him, that just because Facebook isn't a traditional narcotic, a traditional toxic poison, that it's any less damaging uh, in its pure mental form, or that it should be any less subject to regulation curbs or controls.
Yes, well, no company wants to be regulated, yes. right? So they try to come out in front of this so that they can get ahead of the media because if they say something enough times, we're going to start to believe it. And so because they keep on pushing this, it's not us, it's the people, we shouldn't, we should, we're just a megaphone and anyone should be able to use this megaphone no matter what that might be. But the cost, Because yeah. it benefits them. But the problem is, is that when you have a person that is speaking for a company talking about the morality of what they are doing or the legality of what they're doing, it's always going to be self-serving. So I think that, I think that for Facebook, people are really aware now of how toxic and um, nihilistic Facebook really is as a company. I think that people still use Instagram because they love it, but I think that part of them, for most people, they really do, they are aware that this is yeah. not a good it's not a healthy platform to be on, and most people want to regulate. Like most of the people I see, say yes, I am on Instagram too long. And the the thing that gets me is that even Google has has decided to chasten their behavior in the face of backlash and regulation. Like they they're much more thoughtful about how YouTube, for example, handles things now than they used to be. They're much more careful. They're putting a lot more things in place. Um, for creators, for other people. Uh, Google search even is not as aggressive as it used to be. Apple is now doing some right to repair stuff because they're desperately afraid. Like they're making small movements, but they're making movements where Facebook seems to be doing the opposite. They're like, come at us. You know, we're not going to change anything. We're not even going to pretend to change something so that you think your, your petty attempts to regulate or shame us are going to work. We're going to be even worse. I, I think that... Um Yes, regulations. Every company is shivers in fear at the sound of regulation. Um, and that's why they spend so much money lobbying. Like you can tell what a company believes in depending on what they spend their money yes. on. And so all of the companies, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Meta, um, <laughs> they all spend this massive amount of money lobbying and supporting different lawmakers because they want to be able to influence that. So I would say that any company would do that. And I do understand why. The thing with, with Facebook is that it's just so malignant. The things that they do and what they are willing to do is so brazen mm -hmm. and so damaging to our society in general. And I'm happy that people are really aware of, like, there's people are a lot more anti-Facebook than they were before. Not so much for Instagram. And a lot of people don't even know that Facebook- And WhatsApp is like infrastructure for half the world at this point. Yes. And again, people don't know that either. So I think that the awareness is not out there, but I think that people are really waking up to what are the causes and what are the effects to this. But in the end, we really need it to be regulated. And only when that fear of regulation comes looming are companies going to do anything. If there was not any fear of regulation, Apple would not, I believe, Apple would not be going into the right to repair. They would not be allowing this. They want to get ahead of it in hopes that then they don't get regulated, mm -hmm. which could very well be. And so they end so up with a good deal of control still over people being able to repair or not and make a good, nice amount of profit. And the part of this that, that I think we have to be acutely aware of, keenly aware of, is it's not just the big blue app of Facebook, which you know everyone's parents and grandparents use, uh, and it's not just Instagram, and it's not just um, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. It's that Facebook is vying for control of the next big platform. When VR and augmented reality, virtual reality and augmented reality hit, Facebook wants to be the helmet on your head. They want, and like again, they lied about keeping the Oculus login, which would be separate from your Facebook login. They yes. just said they're never going to do it, and then they did it. 
And if the, if they're not if this behavior is not curbed now, as bad as they are in the browser and as bad as they are in the app, they are going to be infinitely worse when they are de controlling, defining, and delineating our entire experience. Yes. Like right on our faces. So do you think that that, though, will stop people from purchasing the next Oculus? No. Uh, I don't think, like, I even bought one. Like, I wasn't going to. Um, I, had the, I, I, I had the original Oculus, the one, and I still log in with my Oculus account because right. they didn't force it on that one. And I said I wasn't going to buy one. But now that Apple is rumored to be coming out with their yeah. uh, mixed reality headset this year, well, sorry, not 2022, it feels like 2022 already, uh, I wanted something that was more consumer-focused to compare yeah. with. So I said, what the hell? It's not that. And then this guy just goes and takes a crap on the Internet. And I was like, ah, sucker. You know, this time blame me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Fool me, fool me 800 times, blame, blame myself. Right, right. All right. Well, anyways, let us know what you think. Like, is Facebook approaching the line for you? Are they at the line? Have they long since passed the line? Uh, are there going to be actual consequences in terms of your behavior and how you use Facebook? Let us know. Super curious. Um, and let us know before you get involved with your family in the holidays and all the tech and all the requirements that go with it. Because it's so much, Georgia. It's so much. Especially now, because a lot of people haven't seen their families for months and months and months. I mean, maybe they saw them over Thanksgiving, but this is going to be the first holiday um, since when? Since 20, 2019 Christmas? That people are going to have like something even approaching a normal, a normal holiday season. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's and it, when if you've been sequestered or not around a lot of people, to suddenly be you know, have all of these people descending I'm, I'm not, upon you. I'm not used to it anymore. I've been in a 10-foot box alone, like almost completely isolated for like, what is it, 16, no, more than that, 18 months, 20 months? Yes, not yes. Used. So for some people, this might be a wonderful thing because they need more people and to be around people. And for other people, this is terrifying and it's exhaustive and they're going to be forced to be able to interact with people they may not want to interact with. But I'm sure I have post-COVID stress disorder. Like, I'm 100% sure. You very well could. I think that a lot of people, like people when I go to work even, like secretaries and people that are workers and like everyone is feeling this, not everyone, many people are feeling this sense of having to reintegrate and being forced into it. That. It's so heavy. Like for me, I feel like, you know, like the dwarf or the Olgo in the fantasy book where he leaves the mountain for the first time and he looks up and he's terrified because the ceiling never ends? Yes. Yes. It's like I'm not used to space anymore. Yes. When I first, when I do diving and you, you dive deep enough so you, you dive deep enough so there is no top of the water yeah. and there is no bottom of the water. You're just floating in never ending water. Um, it's a weird feeling the yeah. first time. That's how I so feel I going outside now. I can fully understand. Yes, I can fully understand. You've been inside. Because I've been to the grocery store like once every two weeks, and that's about it. Right. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, like as much as everybody wishes it, the pandemic's not over. We have Omicron now. Uh, it's uncertain. Like it looks like it's not quite as contagious. Um, but it, it looks like it's contagious, but the symptoms aren't as bad. And that if you've got two doses, you know, you, you or you've already had COVID, you might still be in trouble. If you've had a booster, you might be. There's a lot of unknowns around that. Um, and because we're all so frustrated, we've all been isolated and masked for so long. Like we're running through the streets naked now, and it's not safe. But like you feel like yelling freedom, like like. Well, I also think that the social constraints of how are other people going to react? Is someone going to yell at you for wearing a mask? Someone that's not, not masking mask, is not yeah. going to wearing a mask. When do you do it? 
I cough, and even if I'm doing it through a Zoom call, I feel yes. guilty, and then I have to say, I'm yeah, they're not, gonna think I don't I'm have, sick. Yeah. I don't have COVID. Yeah. If someone has a fever, like, um, you know, if I if I touch my nose, like, the world has changed. It's a yes. really weird experience and interacting with people is no longer this innocuous thing where you just see people like i'm yeah, you happy used to hug to see each other people. and you were in crowd like even watching tv shows from before the yes. world ended yes. and you see all these people in the crowds and you're like it's not safe what are you doing I'm oh, like, oh it's oh, in the yeah, past yeah. yeah but it was so funny because i see people that are in the crowd and they're dancing and everyone's sweating on each other yeah. and spitting on each other because they're dancing and at when I first saw it, I'm like, this is so cool. Like the blade scene where the yeah. blood, like, I'm like, this is so cool. That's still really cool. But like now I see all the people, they're sweating. And I'm like, oh God, everyone's going to cat be sick. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to be And you're like, sick. no, because it's 1984. That didn't happen back then. Well, we but, still got sick. I don't yeah. get sick anymore. Yeah, I used true. to get sick I used to get sick like three, three, four times a year. I haven't I been know. sick in two years. No. <laughs> yeah, because I've been, I've been away from other filthy humans. I mean, it's I, like. Uh, yep. So yeah. now, uh, but also because these two years weren't just COVID, they were a lot. There was enormous political divide. There was enormous uh, socioeconomic uh, actions uh, and all around the world too, not just focused in North America, though it seems to us like everything happens in North America. There have been fires. There's been like literally like one disaster after another. And everybody that we see might be in a very different place than the last time we saw them. And it's hard to be able to interact with people when you don't know. Like, you're going to have that family member that no matter what you say, they're not listening. They're in yeah. their little tiny bubble. And, you know, you want to have the holidays be as pleasant as you can make them. But it becomes difficult, especially when, like, I think that a lot of people want to change other people's minds. Like, they have one person has an agenda that's completely different from your agenda, and so you're gonna go in there wanting, hoping to wake someone else up. Rarely does that happen. Usually when you have a disagreement with someone, you're actually gonna polarize them even further in their direction, not towards you, even if, and even with your arguments being exceptionally good arguments. Like Uncle Frank is gonna insist that this whole, these last two years were the tree aliens making sure that all meat space was evacuated from Earth before they returned. And there's just nothing I can do to tell him that was a plot of the worst M. Night Shyamalan movie. And it's just like, watch, watch, um, watch the one where he sees dead people instead. Just like, upgrade your M. Night Shyamalan and just, I'm joking about only a little bit. Unicorns. Yeah, yeah, and but also, there's two years of tech support that are uh, going to be demanded of us. Here we every go, Renee. Every printer, every motion smooth TV set, every connection they couldn't do, it's going to suddenly be our job as the resident well, techie to fix. that's the problem when you buy someone a tech gift, right? So when you buy someone a tech gift, like, because I, I would feel comfortable to say I don't know how to do that to something I did not purchase. But if I buy someone a gift that is technology, does that change, Renee? Do you then, if you buy someone a HomePod, do you then feel obligated to set up the HomePod because you've bought it for them? You know, so, but see, like that, I would probably just set it up as I bought it. And those things are sort of super easy. My nightmare is like when ancient auntie or, or new neighbor goes, oh, you're one of those tech people. Could yes. you just come and help me with my printer? And I have like, no idea what anything is. And like, I don't know how any of this stuff works. So, so may I ask, why do you say yes to that? I, well, I try not to, but sometimes like, it, well, we've talked about this before, the yes. girl with the dragon tattoo. Yes. When, spoilers, but mild ones. At some point, a serial killer says, I don't need a gun. I just ask people and their sense of obligation is, is more powerful than the gun is. Yes. And it's really true. Like we have these societal conformities that we're, we've grown up you on. You don't we've been want taught, to seem impolite. Yes, because like, 
you, you could you, like you might get murdered, but at least you weren't impolite. Yes, because that would be worse, yeah. especially for Canadians. Like if they think that I'm offensive, like yeah. I mean, we don't they might like think I'm do, a gullible fool. We don't like to do that. Yeah, and now my head is in a jar in their in their cupboard, but at least I wasn't rude about it. Right. Yeah, and, I th- and that's hard, I think, to to navigate. So just say no to that. But I think that it's harder to say no if you've purchased it because they may not know how to do it. You've bought it for them. So also. Be aware if you purchase something, if they can set it up or if they can't set it up and just be comfortable with, you may feel obligated if you've purchased something to actually set it up for them. So do you want to do that? Yeah, I feel like that's part of the gift. Like if I'm buying it for them and they don't know any about technology, I am giving this burden to them and the least I can do is help them. And giving this burden to you. Yeah, well, yeah, that's fair. It's like, again, it's like it's like when it's like a random surprise burden that I have nothing to do with. That yes. I feel, and I have no yeah, knowledge of. You might of. want to say no. And also, I tend to buy things that I'm pretty pretty familiar with. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, like, if I buy a HomePod, like I know how a HomePod works, I know how I can plug it in, and I know all that stuff. Well, the luckily thing is with HomePods, it's also really easy. Yeah, but like, if an it is <laughs> super easy, really an inconvenience. Uh, yeah, Ryan George references are tight. Um, but if if it is like their Windows 95 printer, like I just just murder me now. I'd rather take the murder at that point. I I can carefully say I've never set up a printer before in my life I don't have to so there now, we go I saw um, there was there's you this, can use that even if you have there's uh, like you know there's all these different kinds of Twitter right like there's medical Twitter and there's tech Twitter and there's there's therapist Twitter and I saw some people on therapist Twitter saying just remember the therapist in your family is not your family therapist there's therapist Twitter yes why am I not on this Twitter because you really you don't use Twitter that much I don't, but I didn't no. even know there was therapists. Yeah, Twitter? a bunch of therapists and psychologists and stuff. But like their oh. their their thing was just because you have a doctor or therapist in your family, me. you're not allowed to just make them responsible for all your healthcare needs during the holidays. You see, it's interesting because that I don't mind. I feel really comfortable if a family member comes to me with an issue or a question. That doesn't bother me Careful at all. Careful, they're watching. I know, it doesn't bother me though. It really, I'm happy. She didn't to mean be able, you, Victoria. <laughs> I'm happy to be able to help because I can use my knowledge. It doesn't cost like it stresses me to set up someone's technology, but to be able to give someone some advice, like I don't know, I, I would do. I do that for free anyways. I enjoy that. So that's different for me. I guess some people feel imposed upon though, like they live that life twenty four seven. Especially the last two years have been yes, terrible. Like foot doctors, the last thing they every, want. Every person's foot is yes. suddenly, you know, show, take well, a look at it's this. It's really the proctologists that have it the worst over the holidays. Oh, They Renee. get a bum deal every year. Oh. Yep. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of this. I don't even want to say anything because I know you're going to say another one. On that note, if I say... How is that not... How did you not put a pun in that one? Was I, I thought puns were over for the year. I don't know. I thought I used my... Okay. I'll think about it. I'll make an ass of myself. Um, <laughs> on that note, if you're watching on Nebula, please stay tuned because we have a bonus segment coming your way, hot, fresh, original content. And if you're not watching us on Nebula, now is the absolute best time to do it because CuriosityStream is having their annual holiday sale. And you can get CuriosityStream, all their series, all their documentaries for, what is it, George? It's like it's 42% off. It's, it's, a lot, yeah. it's the ultimate answer of percentages off. That's less than $12 a year. That's less than this Christmas cheer in most boutiques that you will shop at this year. And you get access to all of their amazing series and documentaries like The Road to the Singularity, where they explore the advent of artificial intelligence and machine learning and whether we're getting to the point where all of these devices around us are gonna be smarter than us and soon. I actually have still seen Siri and I 
Yeah. Yeah. Not Siri, no, but the okay, spell no, check. The spell check? Still works for me. Still does. I need that. Uh, and you also, with that, you get full access to all of Nebula's, all of Georgia's videos, my videos. No ads, no sponsors, sometimes extended versions, sometimes bonus versions. I have a whole iPhone documentary on where you're yeah. in it, Marquez Brownlee's in it, Justine Azaric, John Gruber, so many amazing people talking about how the, how the iPhone affected them and their lives. I also had a, have a, a short up on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not a short, but like, it's like 12 minutes long, but like a, an analysis Love of it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's just things that you cannot get on YouTube, all available with CuriosityStream and Nebula. 42% off, less than $12 a year. Just go to curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk. It really helps support independent creators directly, and it really helps support this show. That's curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk. Thank you so much. And if you're leaving us now, Georgia, where can people find you and your videos? You can check out youtube.com slash Georgia Dell, and uh, my email is georgia at westmouththerapy.com. And you can find me at youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie and twitter.com slash Renee Ritchie. And I, I don't use email. I really don't. Yeah, don't email him. No. I, he doesn't want you to email him. I had to use email for so long when I worked at Mobile Nations and yes. so much email that I just, yeah. now I barely remember that it's there. Yeah. It's don't. wonderful. It's a wonderful life. Don't. Yep. 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 See you soon.